This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Dean is gone and Sam's got a dog. You heard the word of God in a diaper bag? What the heck is going on? And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And Chris, we are in season eight. In case people didn't rec- remember it. from last week, we are still in season eight. We're episode two. <laughs> still there. <laughs> uh, episode eight for me is starting out extremely positively. Positively, I think uh, Supernatural usually does like really, really good work very early in the season and very late mm-hmm. in the season. Uh, and this is this is holding up. Like these last two episodes have been really good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I came down kind of hard on it last episode, but that's just because I love it so much. Yeah, this is this is going to continue the trend of flashbacks, which I, I, I'm not super enthusiastic about. But um, it, it, but I, but I see what they're going for. Like they 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 want to jerk feed this stuff to us over, mm-hmm. over for a little while. And there's so much other stuff in this episode, like I, that I completely don't care about the the, the flashbacks at all <laughs> yeah. like when, by the time that castiel shows up in this episode i just don't care that much i'm like i'll go back to the other thing i want to find out what's right. happening with the, with, with right. kevin especially uh, since we don't really get any new info well yeah we'll find out we'll find out but let's uh let's thank all of the wonderful folks over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for uh kicking in some bucks to us every single month and uh letting us do crazy stuff like release a bunch of podcasts all at once or do new podcasts or things like that definitely head over there um this is coming out when? Do you have any idea? This oh, yeah. episode this, will be Yeah, this out. is coming out on the 9th. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so we can talk about our Bebop podcast. We can talk about time. our Bebop podcast, we, we, finally. <laughs> we've never actually been able to talk about it on the show because of the way that things work. But uh, yeah, Chris and I, for our Patreon, have started Don't Give Up Space Cowboy, where we are covering all of the episodes of the most, the best anime I've ever seen, which is Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the best anime I've ever seen also, and I am super excited that we finally got to cover it in some form. It's been really cool having Jeremy watch it for the first time and be able to get his reaction to everything. It's probably my favorite thing that we've recorded in in, in quite a long time. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's so refreshing to have a show that is, number one, short. So like there's light at the end of the tunnel, like as soon as (laughs) you start. Uh, And number two is just like uncomplicatedly good and that we can Mm -hmm. just gush all over. Um, But so, yeah, the first episode of that will be on iTunes. You can go to the Monster of the Week Presents feeds. Just type in Monster of the Week Presents into your uh, podcast app of choice so you can find that feed. Um, And then uh, the rest of them are going to be on Patreon. So you'll have to be a Patreon member to be able to get those. So please, please, please do that and tell us what you think (laughs) in our Discord. Chris, what's been happening in season eight so far? So, you know, I'll really tell you a quick anecdote. Last night, I was at dinner with my lovely girlfriend, Jess, and I, tr- I sort of just, I guess my eyes glassed over for a little while, and she said, Chris, what's wrong? What are you, what are you thinking about right now? She just assumed, knowing me, I was anxious or stressed out about something, and I just thought, no, I'm just formulating the road so far from tomorrow's episode in my head right now. <laughs> Everything's she, fine. Was she, she was uh, like, oh, okay. Was, was she <laughs> but, offended that you were, you were just so checked out on her? No, she was just glad that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't upset about anything. Sure. And, um... Sure enough, I didn't write it down. So here we go. Uh, Road so far. Okay, last time in Supernatural, uh, Dean went to Purgatory. 
Kevin got kidnapped by demons, Sam hit a dog and got a girlfriend, and Castiel was MIA in purgatory. Now, Dean is back from purgatory after making some sort of weird deal with his new vampire boyfriend, Benny. Uh, Cass is still nowhere to be found, and Sam has unfortunately left uh, Kevin sort of flapping in the wind. And now the brothers are back together trying to find Kevin and piece together everything that has happened in the last year. And uh, I think the big crux so far is that Kevin has the knowledge. He knows that they can get a spell from the demon tablet to let them banish uh, demons from the earth and close the gates of hell forever. Yeah, so that's yeah no a, big deal. That's a, that's a pretty big, pretty big, pretty big old uh, check mark in the W column if they get yeah, that one. Yeah. Is all I'm saying for sure. And once again, um, I was like so sure that this was how Supernatural was going to end. Uh, yes. I was like, the boys are going to close the gates of hell forever. And that's, they're going to wrap it up and it's going to be perfect. And then they'll just go back to like hunting Wendigos and, you know, having a good time. Because there was never any real brother drama when they just had to kill ghosts, you know? It was no big deal. Yeah, it was just like, ghosts. It's because ghosts don't have agendas. Wendigos don't have right. agendas. Like, it's only when you start introducing these fucking supernatural beings that want to, you know, dominate the world or turn this into a feed food factory. Like, that's when stuff gets weird. And, you know... Th- if right. you start hunting things that can walk and talk right back at you, that's not fun. <laughs> like that's never ever fun if no, they can if they no. can make jokes. Um, you know you know you know what Wendigos have never done? What is made a pop culture reference? <laughs> that's right. That's a, right. A Wendigo has never done that before. That's right. Uh, it just really illuminates how um, unprepared basically every other hunter in this world is for any situation that that happens when you really think about it because those other hunters are still just out there like hunting ghosts while sam and dean are doing literal magic and going to hell going to heaven wherever and just getting up to no good yeah it's uh you know we had this question in the feedback episode which this is the first episode we've recorded since the feedback up so uh thank you eric right. for, for guesting on that we appreciate that we love you man yeah uh, but we had that question on the feedback episode of what would it be like if John Winchester, or excuse me, if Mary Winchester had raised the boys. And I think one of the one of my first reactions was, was they would have probably known about demons before they were like twenty five years old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's weird how they just like didn't know they about just demons. Didn't know, that much. like I think it, like, we find out in the third episode that demons are a thing. But I think even Sam is like, demons aren't real. Come on, Dean. I think like one and of them. And then they says say that. Christo around them to try and like trip up the demons. Like, is that still a rule? Is that still a thing? Uh, uh, it's so it's 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 weird to me that no other hunters are really like into this life as much as Sam and Dean are, and it's yeah. it's just it's just a weird thing about being a serialized TV show more than anything. Right. So. It it makes Sam and Dean seem more important, but it also sort of shrinks the world a little bit to to show us that Sam and Dean are the only ones who are really important or involved in anything. Like, they never, like, show up to, like, a crazy demon deal and find, like, three other hunters who are already there, even if they've just been killed. You know, occasionally, we get, like, a cold open where a hunter gets killed, but, like, it's never, hunters are never involved in any of the serious shit going on. I'm just picturing uh, Sam and Dean walking up, and, like, they're all serious, and they're kind of, they're kind of fleshed from arguing with one, with one another because, you know, one of them has to make the demon deal. And they were right. kind of arguing about who it's going to be. They both have the little boxes filled with their IDs and their chicken bones or whatever. And they walk up to the crossroads and there's two other brothers there having the same <laughs> argument. <laughs> One of them's already got a shovel out. It's like, God damn it, Don, that's going to be me. Sam and Dane. Sam and Dane. Uh, I meant to tell you that I named all the animals on my Winchester Prime planet uh, after Sam and Dane and Bobby and Jack Crowley. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and, and the base is also called the family business. So. Very good. Very good. 
Um, so the episode that we're covering today is called What's Up, Tiger Mommy. It was written by Andrew Tabb and Daniel Laughlin. It was directed by John F. Showalter, and it aired on October 10th of 2012. Mrs. Tran joins Sam and Dean on the road. Kevin talks Sam and Dean into checking in on his mother. When they arrive, they see that Crowley has surrounded her with demons, so they rescue her and take her along on a quest to find the tablet. However, they soon discover that Kevin wasn't kidding when he said his mother was a strong-willed woman after she tries to take on Crowley. Talk about burying the lead with this episode description because yeah, for sure. all of this is true, but they don't mention the fucking supernatural auction or like the Thor, uh, the hammer of Thor yeah. or like any yeah. of this other crazy shit that happens yeah. in this. Pretty um, weird. I remember thinking that this title, well, the title of this episode is weird anyway, but then in like the commercial for it when it first aired mm-hmm. showed Sam with Thor's hammer. And I was like, what well, these things, they don't seem to match up very well. Yeah, this doesn't work. Uh so uh, let's talk about that episode title real quick because uh, I, it's it is a, it, like Tiger Mom, Tiger Mommy. Like I kind of I was kind of confused on this because it was so casually used throughout the episode and the episode title, yeah. and, and there was the whole the whole book. But it is like in a in a certain context, can be considered a pretty racist thing to say to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what it meant until I think after this episode. I think I, I must have looked it up or something because I knew what it was. Now, yeah. it's it's weird that it pop culture seems like it's. I mean, and what do I know as a white dude? But uh, it seems like pop culture is like kind of fine with with being casually racist towards people of asian descent yes like it doesn't seem like it like anyone ever bothers to like be sensitive towards that which seems pretty fucked up but i mean i i don't know and supernatural is kind of doing it here i believe that is called um the model of minority myth so if you guys are, are curious about how how like we have been traditionally super racist towards i know when i say we i'm just talking about like people in general not me and chris um, that would be really funny if I was like, here's, if you want to read more about how me and Chris were racist back in the day, go to www. <laughs> uh, but go check all that out. Um, the second thing that I want to, I want to mention is that they actually changed the actress for Kevin's mom. I don't, and oh, uh, yeah. now I don't really remember Kevin's mom before this. All um, I remember, cause you, I think it, you said something about her. Somebody said something about how it was changed. And I just noticed in season is it season seven that we see her yes yeah i can't even remember yeah she just has long hair that was the 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 feature that i remembered because i couldn't remember who the the actress was who plays her in season eight but i did remember her short hair (laughs) that was just that was my difference because we see her like through a window or something i think yeah that's the last time that we see her Mm -hmm. so that was when i tried to pay attention to her but um yeah yeah, she, I think this actress is is much better and kind of fits within the tone of the show a lot more. I mean, obviously they give her way more to do in this episode, so mm-hmm. she. But uh, I think that just overall, she's from what we've seen is is a better actress. Uh, I don't. I think pretty sure she comes back at some point after this episode, but I don't really remember. Like, I think she's in a few episodes, so I'm, I'm looking forward I to think her. So yeah, she's actually really fun in this. Yeah, I like her a lot. Um, but I don't remember. I guess I don't remember this aspect of season eight that well. So. Uh, we start, um, in a, an old man going to a, yeah. to a bank vault, very well-dressed old, kind of dapper dude. Um, some steampunk looking nerd. Yeah. Some um, steampunk looking idiot. <laughs> Go get your goggles, grandpa. <laughs> I'm too tired. Go uh, get your goggles, grandpa. He, uh, he comes in and he's trying to get into his safe deposit box, which is the number one. He has the first mm-hmm. one. And, uh, I, th- I think it's kind of cool. One. This lady like has to, she's like, well, we've remodeled. So like, it's actually in a totally different box, but we know where it is. So it's like a box within a box. Um, and he takes mm-hmm. out this like bone thing that has this blue magic shimmer, which kind of scares this chick a little bit. And, uh, kind of looks at it like lovingly and we really have no idea what's going on. And she's like, well, do you need anything else? And he's like, actually. And then, 
I don't know what he does, but she just, he just, there's just a splatter of blood on, like, camera this goes one of the six inches to the kills, right. <laughs> one of the weakest kills of Supernatural ever, it's, because they, he doesn't, he doesn't exude any sort of anything to make you think that he just did something to kill her. It's just like, the camera pans over and then there's blood, and you're like, huh? Like, I know that he just did some, like, magic bullshit on her and killed her, or whatever, but it's, he just, he, the actor wasn't exuding even an ounce of, um, of, anything so i'm just like i guess she exploded and she the blood hits the wall so fast that it in my mind was like it didn't even have time no like, that's, it didn't, that's exactly what i thought because the, the camera moves the distance maybe, traveled like maybe six <laughs> inches to the right before that we see the blood splatter like there's just no time whatsoever to, for anything to happen right. it's a poorly constructed shot it is. but it's, it's fine it's not great um so then from there we go to uh sam and dean and kevin all having lunch at this like really dope looking outdoor kind of cafe place which i would yeah, i would definitely go time. to yeah um kevin is not having a good time though kevin is extremely worried about his mom crowley's kind yeah. of coming after him with both guns both guns all guns he's coming after him with <laughs> fucking two guns diving through the air swans everywhere yeah, it's just, some tough shit just all over the place uh but he's basically saying like hey Crowley killed my girlfriend. Uh, my mom is still out there. Like that's a that's a vulnerability. Like I, I need to go check on her. And, and Dean is absolutely not having it. No, Kevin, you can't do that. Can't do that. That's my impression of Dean this whole season. I gotta say, for these two episodes, I much prefer Purgatory Dean than Present Day Dean. <laughs> Just in general, Present Day Dean oh, has yeah. become kind of a dick. Yeah, because he can't be like the ruthless savage warrior that he became in Purgatory. So and he's just a watered down version of that, which is just an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but his, but, his, but Dean's point is, hey, Crowley knows that you're going to go after your mom, so he has demons surrounding her and watching her and keeping her alive just for that reason. She's bait, and what you're saying is you want to run over there and and, and eat it up. And Kevin and, says, and well, like, Kevin is like, yeah, my mom is all alone and surrounded by demons. Like, what the what would you do in this situation? And like, Sam, all right, all right, all right. Sam is playing the uh, the kind of just the middle of the road. Like, well, he does have a point, Dean. Well, he does have a point, Kevin. Sam like, is, you see how long his hair is. Sam's been baked since episode one. You think? You think he's just fried the entire time? Like, just like what fucking ever, man. God damn, whatever, bro. Stoner Sam would be very hilarious. Just constantly Stoner forgetting. Stoner Sam forgetting to to pick up talk, Dean. He, at, like he joined anywhere. his jam band. He picked up bass. He's got a ponytail when, he, when Dean's not around. Uh, do you think that dude's following fish around? Fuck. I don't know. I don't know if Sam knows who Fish is, but he probably would if he could. <laughs> you know what? Also, I've been thinking about is is Dean loves like hair metal and and classic rock and the fact that he's not rocking a mean mullet is kind of distressing i think he um because dean's my age and uh he and i mean i think some people know about this about me but i I had a pretty mean mullet when i was a kid and uh i I feel like i feel like dean winchester also had a pretty mean mullet at some point but like me Mm -hmm. is now deeply ashamed of that mean mullet yeah yeah or maybe just john wouldn't let him rock the mall um weird that sam gets to rock the mall now but it's i mean he's not really have a mullet but you know what i mean yeah so eventually dean says okay fine we'll go look at your mom uh they drive up and like Dean immediately cases the joint and is like, yep, demon, 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 demon. Uh, yeah, this just reminds me of uh, the Lilith stakeout in season three. We're like, mailman, demon, gardener, demon. Uh, and much like that, they just proceed to kill all of Kevin's mom's neighbors. <laughs> and it's some delightful they ways They fully too. murder like three guys. <laughs> it's, it's, and like they're people, like they're just people that have been taken over by a demon. They're not like demons. I just... 
Man, the, it, there's something about the murderizing in this episode that really got me. Uh, however, I love bad. I love that we have not only do we get the double brother bluff, we also get the single brother bluff, which is a great one mm-hmm. too. Uh, because the gardener, like, there's a gardener out there, and he's just like watering the grass, and all of a sudden his hose stops working. So he goes over and he's like, "Oh, somebody turned off this damn water on me!" And then Dean just shows up and stabs him in the back, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and because he's doing such like a, I mean, we know he's a demon. But because he's doing such a regular thing, like, why Why would the demon care that the water stopped coming out? It's just a very <laughs> human gardener thing to do. This guy's got his little man bun in, and he's like, oh, let me go check on the water. But just, you know, it's odd. I better go see what's going on. Uh, and the demon just killed you. And then mailman's like, well, I mean, my father was a mailman, so I got a lot of respect for the postal service. <laughs> and Sam is just like, sorry, package delivered or something, and he stabs him in the chest. You mean the Uspis? Is that what you're talking about? The Uspis. The Uspis. The Uspis. <laughs> Uh, I love the double brother kill, but the double brother well, kill. Wait, wait, what would Sam's kill move be for the for the mailman? Would he be like return to sender and then like get him right in the 100%, heart? One hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put a stamp on that pansy. <laughs> <laughs> try. He's like, damn, Sam, you're weird now. <laughs> Why don't you try licking this envelope, jackass? <laughs> He's like, bro, stop. <laughs> How would you like to be the demon whose job it is to water the grass for twenty four hours a day while you're like staking it's a somebody lame out? Job. Lame I think we've have we talked before like anytime that there's been a bunch of demons together like that have all been like assigned on a task and, and somebody has the most meat like the person who had to go buy all of the clothes for the demons I think was was one of them that we came out with a yeah, long time ago yeah, of like yeah. why are you buying why is it my job to have to go get all of these people weird clothes uh, anyway yeah. Why are we all in suits now? What does it matter? We're demons. And then Dean runs up and he's like, fertilize this. And stabs him right in the back. <laughs> so return to sender, I guess, fertilize this. Those are the two I'm going with. I rate these petunias D+. And Sam and Dean high five over Kevin's head. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Sorry, short stuff or short stop or whatever Sam yeah, calls, whatever him calls him here. Yeah. Um, so they go in and we, we get this real brief scene of Kevin's mom talking to one of her friends and basically just being worried that Kevin is dead. And and mm-hmm. during the middle of this, Kevin knocks on the door, and as she's like excitedly rushing to hug him, Sam and Dean just coat this woman from head to toe Very in good. holy they water. Just pop out by the door and splash with holy what? water. Of, what does this accomplish? <laughs> like, I don't. I know it's supposed to show us that she's not a demon. Excuse me, mm-hmm. that she's not a demon. But why? Like, could you just like put some water on on Kevin's hand? Like, wouldn't that be? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because this this way is way more hilarious. <laughs> It is funny. It is it is a good moment. Uh the boys rush in and her friend, uh, who was obviously a demon, starts like doing starts trying to black smoke out when Sam starts mm-hmm. using some weird wizard shit and shoves the mm-hmm. demon back into the body. Mm-hmm. He just starts saying a fucking spell and he's he tells us what it is in, in a little while, but he just starts doing a spell and we're like, yo, Sam, what? And first of all, don't move. Second of all, savage AF, as the kids say. Third, he just fucking kills this lady who was, like, moments from being saved from this demon as it tries to jet out of her body, he casts this spell over her, sucking the demon back inside of the lady's body, and then he knifes her right in the chest. She was moments from freedom. She was possessed by a demon, was just about to be freed from its clutches, and then the Winchester show up and they're like, what's a good, what's a good one? What's a good tagline for killing a housewife? It's, a uh, it's... Um, man, housewife. Hold on. Got to try to do this without being derogatory towards women. Hold on. Um, 
something about babies or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good one for housewife. Uh, would you try cleaning these curtains, girl? <laughs> is that something that works? Again, is Kevin is just what the fuck? <laughs> he's not sure if he's more like uh, upset at their savagery or at their really, really bad taglines. <laughs> Probably just a little bit of both. I think just a little bit of both is. Yeah, they they Sam he does a spell. Uh, it's the reverse exorcism spell. He just says the words backwards, and it sucks the woman back uh, or the demon back inside the woman. Which again, like it is a cool move, and we find out that he just did it on the fly. He never tried that before because, of course, Sam can just say it backwards. I can barely say the alphabet backwards, first of all, and he's just doing Latin spells backwards because, again, wizard, whatever. Wizard. Uh, also, had what. What? I, what? This? You don't what? just get to say stuff backwards and have it do a backwards thing. That's not how any yeah, of this you can't, works. When you're a fucking wizard, yeah, you fucking can. Yeah, I, I know that like magic is like ninety percent the will of the of the magic user or whatever. Like I know that's like kind of like a commonly accepted fantasy thing. But like if you're gonna have spells where you say a certain thing to do a certain thing, I don't think that you get to fuck with that. I don't think that you get to be like, well, if you just if you you know like what would happen if he said them like reversed or something? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't know I don't I didn't I didn't. It's such a weird thing to happen, and I because yeah. what happened to me is I was watching this for the first time and thinking, oh, while Dean was in purgatory, Sam was sipping a little bit on that demon bleeds, and that's where mm-hmm. that's what he's been doing. That's why all of a sudden he can do been, this kind of stuff. That was freaking tight. Right. If every time Dean dies, Sam's like, "Well, better right. get on that demon, please." <laughs> Got to go back to the Blizzy. <laughs> Just fall it off that Blizzy wagon. Ruby totally forgets that she's dead as fuck. <laughs> Who's answering this phone? I need you. I need he's to bite hit- your arm. <laughs> he's hitting. He's hitting on Meg. Even be like, "Let me get like, a little taste." Just a little bit. Let me just like. Of course, he probably would have chased down Kevin if that was his 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 way to his source, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So. uh Kevin's mom, Linda, is a uh, is is obviously kind of freaked out that that, that all of this is happening, uh, but she's not like completely shocked. She handles it pretty well. Uh, yeah, she's sort of on board when they just like fill her in on the, the details. She's like, yeah, okay, all right, I'll help. And I love this like this kind of this kind of proud mom thing she does of like prophet of the Lord, huh? Good job. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. nice work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's nice that somebody has a healthy relationship with their parent. After they kind of explain what's been going on and how Crowley is chasing Kevin, they're like, okay, let's get you out of here. And she's like, yeah, let me, let me get all my stuff and I'll go with you. And like, nope, you're going to a safe house. And she's like, absolutely not. You know, I'm going with my son and I'm not going to let Crowley mm-hmm. get him. And there's this kind of like contest of wills between Dean and her. And, and it, Dean just loses. He like looks over at Kevin's. Kevin's like, I can't tell her what to do. Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, in what world do you think I'm going to convince her of anything? <laughs> So Dean says, uh, "Okay, well, you have to come on two conditions. Like we have to, we have to show you what a hex bag is, and uh, you have to get tatted up. You have to get an anti possession tattoo. But they both do, mm-hmm. and uh, which is an interesting thing that we've never seen that any of them make. Like they didn't make Frank do this. I don't think. Uh, you know, no. they didn't make Charlie. Did they make Charlie do this? I think they may have made Char- Charlie. I don't know. Do this. Demons weren't really a concern for most of season seven. Sure. Yeah. Maybe they just weren't bothering with it." Uh, but so they take him literally to a tattoo parlor and Kevin is being a giant bus about the pain and his mom is being stoic as hell. And it's, it's very dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that we actually see the process happen because we didn't even get to see Sam and Dean get the tats. They just had him. Yeah. They just showed up one day. Also, I love that. Like Sam's got to like fucking pull down his whole shirt and be like, look at this. I can't just tell you that you need to get a tattoo. Nope. I got to fucking show you my peck. I'm pretty sure. Uh, like, uh, 
I, I bet they did a take where he took his shirt up from the bottom to show that off, right? From just, the, yeah, check out my abs, get. motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 really funny. Uh, it's 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 funny to me that Linda is just not does not care at all about uh, like because Sam I think he even says like Crowley is a is a, a dealer of, of torment or a tra- she he trades in torment and uh, and she's like I don't care about that <laughs> like just let's go let's go do this she's very chill about the whole thing yeah. um so after they get tattoos Kevin is like all right I'm gonna take you to where the tablet was which is at a uh, locker or like a lockbox at a train station but of course they get there and it's gone of course it is so the the boys have to change uh, into 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 their working clothes. They were at the bus station yeah. or train station, or whatever, and like their their normal main clothes. They get changed into their suits so they can go and talk to the the guy. And they find out that there was a dude working there that had been stealing from this uh, this place and had stolen this tablet. They go find the dude. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of rushing through this because none of this sort of stuff really yeah, matters. This part it's, it's, matter. it's kind of kind of just mechanical stuff. But uh, they they go find the dude and like are trying to intimidate him into telling him telling them where he did, what or what he did with the tablet. And we get a flashback from Dean where he was interrogating a werewolf, a Rougarou. What something. is this? It's something it's weird a looking, huh? It's a <laughs> it's weird a looking creature. Uh, and Benny tries tries his hand and he can't get anything out of it. And Dean starts uh, torturing this dude and, and actually does get the information of where Castiel is. So we're we're about to have that meeting. Well, in real life, All this um, <laughs> this torture stuff that Dean is like kind of falling back into would be like narratively very satisfying if they um touch upon the fact that uh in hell this is what he did. But I feel like they're never going to bring it up again. They're just going to have it be like, oh no, he's like this because of purgatory, rather than like, yeah, he you know was on the rack for forty years and they pulled him off to torture souls in hell, and now this has drawn out that like dark side of Dean again. I don't I don't think they're going to stretch that far back. Which is a shame because that's 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 all present when I'm watching it. Like this feels very much like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dean be going back to those those hell roots, if you will. Um, it's um, it, it's 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 really it's satisfying. And I mentioned it earlier that I prefer Purgatory Dean over like real life Dean right now. And it's mm-hmm. like he is so fucking brutal in this scene in Purgatory. I mean, when the guy, when the when the thing finally confesses, Dean literally shoves his knife like up through his chin so you can see the knife coming yep. out in his mouth. It's a it's Pretty it's harsh. a very brutal scene and it's yeah. again you know dean talks about like oh there was a purity of being in there but it really works when he's all bloody faced and he has no options mm-hmm. and he's just like this is the way that i have to deal with the situation right but also the reason he's so freaking worked up is that he's asking for info on the angel aka castiel um because castiel has just been missing in purgatory and when Dean kills this dude, that guy gives up a little bit of info, like, yeah, the angel has been seen uh, near this river north of here, whatever, you know, he gives them vague directions, and, and Dean marks it on his mini-map, and, and they head off. Pretty much. Uh, we I don't think we actually specifically noted, in the present, while Dean is remembering all of this, he's also basically torturing this guy that they were trying to get the information yeah. out of. In the middle of a police station, Dean has pulled a knife right. on this dude and eventually does, cool. get, does get the information. Um, so they go to a pawn shop where the dude sold the tablet. As they're walking in, there's this uh, really nice looking Ferrari uh, outside which Kevin's like, ooh, and then Kevin's mom, Linda, just grabs him. It's like, come on. We got just walking right past it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> inside is your typical like piece of shit palm stop guy right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so he he refuses to give them information dean vaguely threatens some fbi kind of bodily harm to him and he says no I've, we've got cameras we're not going to do this and this is where kevin's mom 
takes her time to shine. And I, I really like this scene. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about you. Yeah, this was this was really great. This is probably my favorite scene of her uh in the whole episode where she notices like, Hey, I noticed you haven't, you know, updated your registration on your car, which means that uh you probably just picked that up recently, which means that you probably blah 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 and is just like you haven't paid taxes on this, and you probably owe about $10,000 in back taxes on it, and blah, 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 whatever. Some fucking jargon that I'm just like, whoa. And that and the, the pawn shop dude is like, uh, whoa. Please don't rat on me. <laughs> <laughs> I like this a lot because she 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 just kind of takes over the this whole situation mm-hmm. in a way that uh you, you can tell dean is is very frustrated by but also very pleased with because whenever somebody shows themselves to be pretty adept at doing something and it works the first try dean's like yeah one of my own like we're both we're both that time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah she gets the information and uh they go to the hotel where he tells him that the that the pawn shop receipt is is listed as and uh mm-hmm. and this is where the episode takes a weird fucking turn yeah. that i was not Frickin expecting whatsoever willy wonka shows up this, this dude, dude in, in like a, a top hat with a little cane looking like a damn idiot with a bow tie and uh and like the pocket square and the in the in the suit yep. pocket like the whole nine uh well, the whole thing he introduces himself as bow and uh, basically, and he knows all of their names, and he just pretty much appears from thin air. Like they, it doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't walk it's just up. Very funny because they're in a very normal parking lot, and he just like walks up, like "Hello there." It's <laughs> as it's if he's not the, dressed like Willy Wonka. It's one of the, like the least dramatic things that have happened on the show. Like normally, when a creature, when a like a person shows up like this, it's a it's a big deal. Like there's a there's a reveal moment, but they're literally standing in yeah. front of like a shitty hotel or a shitty motel rather, and like just standing in front of a room and this guy's like hello Dina, what, Dina <laughs> <Sam?"> <laughs> <laughs> but he uh he basically informs them of a uh, of an auction that's going to be happening where it's i think he reveals so he says his name is Bo. he is the right hand of the god plutos dean makes a joke about that not being a planet anymore um and yeah he's like okay you're you're invited to this auction you can come and and bid on the tablet because we bought it fair and square so we're gonna sell it tough shit uh but you're invited you can come you can bring all your friends no worries um so i guess they start thinking like they need to come with some sort of leverage they need to be able to bid something sam sort of side eyes the impala briefly and dean is like i will kill you And I will do kill not, your children. And I will kill your children. Touch children. my car, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, it's it's funny in this episode because Dean is going to eventually do some pretty uh, it's pretty heinous stuff in his in this quest to get this tablet so that he can rid the Earth of demons because he's he's in very much mm-hmm. the the ends justify the means territory, but not actually sell the Impala. <laughs> like, I'm willing right, to right. almost kill Kevin's mom, but I'm not going to sell the Impala. Not selling the goddamn Impala. We, um, uh, I think we breezed over it too, but uh, Bo says... Bo does explain that this is a, like a special auction place, and they've got... Uh, there's no casting, there's no cursing there's no fighting allowed between supernatural creatures right. um so that they've gotten something kind of locked down so you can't actually you know use your powers to just steal all this shit because obviously that's what you right. would do um but they realize that they don't even need to buy the tablet they just need to have kevin be able to read it and once <laughs> he can read it they'll get the info they need and like that's it they okay sweet we're out of here i like when they um, question so uh kevin like are you sure you'll be able to memorize it and his mom takes over and is like have you seen the bumper stickers on my pravia <laughs> of course yeah, you can yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a really good joke 
Um, so they go to the auction, and it's obviously just in some fucking wet pipe factory somewhere. Of course. Uh, they go to the auction, and they immediately are going through, like, a metal detector, which I imagine is, like, for magical items and not just, like, guns and stuff. Yeah, you don't um, want your invisible able to walk through just fine. Or your, or your, uh, your constantly right. moving maps, or, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of what else. He had a third thing. What did Harry Potter have? It was the... He had the Marauder's Map, he had, uh, the Invisibility Cloak. cloak. Uh-huh. Um, he's got, he got a sneaker scope. He's got his wand. Maybe I think it just thinking of his wand. I thought he had like another gizmos thing. Gizmos and gadgets. Yeah. Um, everybody goes through fine though, except for Harry Potter. I mean, Dean Winchester, who has to yeah. unload like a miniature arsenal out of his, out of, off of his person and, uh, makes a big deal about giving up the demon knife, which, hey, I would too. That's still not been explained why that knife can kill demons. So. Yeah. <laughs> thing is i i hopefully we'll get a lore dump on it someday uh yeah, i'm sure I'm we won't just 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 waiting for that one day uh they uh, eventually go through and we kind of get uh a series of shots of establishing shots where we see everything that they're going to be selling um there's an old hat uh which looks like it's from like the roman empire there's a sword i figured i figured you have some lore on the yeah. sword I, I don't know i didn't write anything yeah. down uh, uh, no, I don't have any real lore on it. It's it, just was, like a Lord of the Rings replica. Yeah, it was it, like I, I tried to like look at what the uh, you couldn't see what the the label description on it was, so it's anything. Uh, there's Da Vinci's sketchbook. There's the Hammer of Thor, which is very obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just sitting mm-hmm. there. No sweat. No sweat. Um, and of course, they find the tablet. But because these people aren't idiots, they've covered up the tablet. Because why? Because you, you'd just be able to take a picture and walk out of there. Right. Um, right. And so they, so Dean says, "Oh, we need a plan B," and that's when Crowley shows up. Yeah, uh, not great. Crowley is, in fact, still the bad guy. It's weird that he, like, in between seasons, he he just fluctuates between being sort of reluctant ally and then like really hardcore villain like i love crowley he really steals the show whenever he's on screen but i sort of hate him in this season because or these last two episodes because he really feels like a bad guy he he's very evil like he's specifically evil and 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 in ways that Mm -hmm. i don't think that he has that he really has been in the show um i mean obviously the dude is the king of hell he's evil like let's not get that's not good but when you first met crowley it was more um of course I'm going to be evil, but I'm going to be reasonable about it. Uh, now mm-hmm. it very much seems like I am trying to take over the world and, and, and run. I'm right. like, I, I want to unleash hell on the world. This is what I'm looking for. When um, he, he says some shit about Kevin and Linda decks him across the face with her right hook. And he says yeah. something like uh, defiling your corpse now just is on my priority top of my priority list or something. Yeah. 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 Seems a little a uh, a punch, over the though. over the top villainy for Crowley, for sure. That's why again he just like he he feels very evil, and I think it's maybe partly because he's just around regular humans, uh, and he's doing just a lot of really evil shit to regular humans. Where Sam and Dean don't really count because they're wizards, so they can take it. Um, he snapped Kevin's girlfriend's neck in the last episode. Yeah. Like that was kind of dark. So just the the very visceral in your face acts and not just the behind the scenes like machinations uh, that we usually get from Crowley makes him definitely stand out as being more evil. But I can I can also see people I can see the the, the writers of the show reading the criticism of season six and season seven and wanting to get back to a villain that's like this. Like there's something there's mm-hmm. something very like it's just it's just an easy, easy black and white like we don't have to make a lot of hard decisions like he is evil and we have to take him down kind of kind of story at some points. Right. Um, and I like that he almost seems more 
frightening because we've gotten so used to a certain version of Crowley. We got used to the charming Mark Shepard Crowley that we sort of forget. But now that we're seeing him again, it's unsettling to see him be so evil and be so wicked because we're, yeah, we're used to nice Crowley or not nice Crowley, but you know what I mean? Um, so this is again, like adding an extra layer, at least for me as a viewer, it's adding an extra layer of sort of horror, I guess, because you don't really expect this level of uh, viciousness from him. And you do, it also adds a layer of um, unpredictability. So mm-hmm. it, I really have no idea what this dude is willing to go through to get this tablet. Like, it seems extremely important to him, and he seems to have a vendetta against our, our crew, our, our, our good boys. So who knows what he's going to be capable of right. doing this season. Uh, it's about during uh, this that uh, Plutus shows up. Plutus, the, the greed god, the god of greed. Looking like, uh, very much like he would just walked out of the set of The Sopranos, and like he was right. named Vinny, and now he's being named Plutus, and he, he, the actor does not care. <laughs> it's basically the same job. <laughs> whatever, man. Whatever you guys want to yeah. call me, I'll just I'll just sit up here and look as mafia as I could possibly look. Yep. Um, yep. It's so funny because everybody's like dressed up in one way or another, but he's just like wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, tracksuit and gold chains, man. That's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. As they're filing in, uh, somebody comes up to Dean and introduces himself as uh, Samandriel. Samandriel? Samdiel? Oh, man, Something just, like that. One of those, you think? Um, just, they just call him Alfie the whole episode. So. He's in a Wiener Hut outfit, which is very funny to me. And he's like this clean mm-hmm. kit, clean cut, uh, you know, knocking at your door, Mormon looking kid. Uh, and he, he introduces himself as an angel and he was asking Dean about what happened to Castiel and. Dean basically, he says, you know, is Castiel dead? Dean doesn't say anything, so the dude kind of assumes it. Once again, Dean's kind of lying by omission here. Like, we don't really know what happened to Crowley, or Crowley, Castiel, but we can probably tell you that he's not dead. Um, right. They, they, they kind of have a little back and forth here because Samandriel says, you know, there's people in heaven that, that supported him and that thought that, you know, even though he was doing wrong, that he was trying to do the right thing. And uh, I love this, this back and forth where Dean says, were, were you one of them? You know, do you, did you think that he was he had the best intentions at heart? And he says, uh, "Too much." I think too much heart was always Castiel's problem. Yeah, which is yeah. a good line. And boy, you Dean could just like, like the the emotions like fucking up on on Jensen Hackle's face when they're talking about this yeah. man. Like, yeah. god damn. Um. So this is uh this is the kid from Bugs from season one. Um. He, oh, is he's it the kid with with all the bugs? Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I looked it up just to make sure because I'd always thought this. I'd seen season one so many goddamn times that when I got to this, I was like, "It's the kid from Bugs. It's the kid that like Sam hangs out with <laughs> in Bugs." And yeah, it's him. He um because he's in like four episodes, and three of them are in season eight, and one of them is in season one. <laughs> That's insane. I d- I did not pick up on that at all. And you even texted me that it was the kid from Bugs, and I was like, maybe I just missed him. I don't know where he is. That's, that's funny. Yeah, that's the kid from Bugs. He's <laughs> Wiener Hut boy. Wiener Hut boy. Wow, he's. Back on set. Um, I we, sort of wish it was just the same kid, but he had become a vessel for an angel. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, where the, the, the angel is actually like, I see in his memories that this vessel knows you. <laughs> you you have saved this Obviously, Dean wouldn't remember, but Sam would remember his uh, his name, his uh, phone number, his home address, because he he Sam did that in an episode creep. recently, where he it, remembered all these stupid details from season one. Be like, Dude, you've been through so much since then. Like, wait, is Think uh, about something else. I think I might be getting the, the episodes confused again. Uh, I know. Wait, because it wasn't. Um, Lisa doesn't show up in Bugs, right? No, she shows up in season two. 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I was three. getting them confused. I think she's but, in season three. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. So when this angel asks, when says this about Castiel, he flashes back to Purgatory. So we get an extended flashback scene. Uh, Castiel is just like hanging out by the stream where the, the Rougarou told Looking him. like fucking Schmeagle. <laughs> It's a it's a weird look. Uh, he's got like the full full beard happening because obviously he hasn't had anything. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had a, the ability to shave. It's really hilarious to me thinking of Castiel on Earth shaving all of the time. By the way, that's really that's yeah. Just it's and it's to really me. frustrating that Dean is in purgatory shaving. Yes, uh, of course. They can't. They show one character having a beard, but like Dean is just like, no, I'm clean shaven because I keep doing this even while I'm here. It's because the, we're filming <laughs> this episode by episode, and I can't have a beard in regular time. So. By the power of my hunkiness i'm keeping all of my chin hairs inside um (laughs) but they 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 find each other or rather dean finds castiel dean rushes over and is like oh man it's good to see you gives him a big old hug castiel just kind of stands there and doesn't really respond uh it's it's this what should be this like heartwarming moment that's turned very quickly into this thing that is kind of spoiled because benny is there and benny the new boy is there um and Benny yeah. says, you know, hey, I think you owe him an explanation of what happened. And, you know, Dean kind of leaps to Castiel's defense and says, well, there, it's obvious. Like, there was a monster, ran off, we got separated, it's no big deal. And Castiel says, no, I just ran away. And boy, Dean is fucking pissed about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I started to be really angry at Dean. I was like, once again, Dean is just not considering how anybody else feels. And he's yelling at them again. Um, because obviously he, he dug into Sam. And now he's taking it to Castiel. It's a uh, like he doesn't give like I I it all works out. I think Dean Dean comes around in a minute once Castiel starts to talk, but like he immediately jumps to full anger rather than trying to let Castiel explain in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and I think that's going to become a habit of Dean's in this season. I mean, he's always kind of like that, but I find it uh, interesting. Because th- there's this whole conversation about whether Castiel is crazy, and Castiel says, I, I don't think that I'm insane, but 97% of the people that are insane don't claim that they are insane, so what is what is insanity anyway? And, right, uh, right. But then there's this, this, this thing where Castiel says, well, I'm an angel that is being chased by Leviathans. I have a price on my head. I had to run away to get away from you so that they wouldn't come after you. And, I mean, I get that, but also... It's not like you were leaving him in at, at the Mall of America, right? Like he's not at the fucking right, food court. Right. He's already kind of in this with you, and it it just feels like a shitty thing for Castiel to have done. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know if you have um, any feelings on this one way or the other. No, he's like he's justified in his like motivations, I guess. But it, yeah, and his actions not. Really? Because he literally just disappeared, not like, Dean, I have to get away, the Leviathans are coming, if they find us, they'll kill us, I have to go. Like, they won't follow you, like, just run. Could have done anything, but they're just like, no, we wanted that stinger of an ending, so we're just gonna, like, stick a knife into our characters real quick and not not worry about what they would actually do, so that we can get a nice cliffhanger for season eight. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Dean fills him in on the plan of Benny's like get out of purgatory free card, and uh, mm-hmm. Dean is basically begging Castiel. Castiel says no, like I'm I'm not going to come with you. And Dean's like, Cas, buddy, I I need you. I you know I know you're worried about the Leviathans, but you know we we we, we ganked him before and we'll gank him again. Like we you know no matter mm-hmm. what we have to do, and it's 
this is the part of, of this episode that I, I like that Dean the most in is where he's he's like, no, I want you by my side. I need I need you with yeah, me. Where he's being honest and like reasonable with exactly. Somebody, and yeah, it's, it's and, nice <laughs> and it makes sense. Like he's making he's, he's saying things that make sense in the, with the, within the context of the story. So, um, but we leave it at that. We don't see what Castiel's response, and we go back to the present um, where the auction's about to start for some like amulet or something, and so. All of our crew tries to get all of their money together, and they pull together like two thousand in cash, <laughs> a couple of credit cards, and a Costco membership. And I love Linda's like looking at, at Sam and like, oh yeah, that's worth something. You want to put that in there? <laughs> that's really good. That's a very mom thing to do. Of like, why don't you take my Costco yeah. card and go go get you something? Like, mom, I don't need eighty seven rolls of toilet paper. I just need like ten. I'm okay. Um, it's it's just. It- like Sam has like a pile of bills in his hands, and it's just very funny. It just looks so so pathetic. It's uh, it it does look really pathetic, especially when the bidding actually starts, and uh, the first bid is for three tons of dwarven gold. So very yeah. very quickly, we realize the boys are way way out of their element here. Um, at some point, Crowley calls Sam Samantha. That made me laugh. I don't know why. Yes. It's just really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crowley's kind of um. um just just needling them this entire time so which is which is a lot of fun uh they uh it, dean kind of gets intimidated by this whole thing so he decides he's going to go like check the place out under the auspice of i have to go to the bathroom it's really funny to me that the supernatural like god crew got up and like picked a place with you know a bathroom so that any humans that have <laughs> some of the mechanics of this stuff man just really crack me up like picturing Bo go up to plutus and be like okay we found three spots one of them doesn't have a bathroom, and Plutus being like, "We have to have a bathroom, Bo. What are you talking about? This is a supernatural we auction. We're yeah, we're auctioning on. off the the word of God and the hammer of Thor. We need a bathroom. <laughs> Where are you going to take supernatural dumps?" <laughs> um, but he goes and follows a guy to a storeroom, uh, snatches the key from him, and uh, bumps into him just casually, like, "Whoops, yeah, sorry." Just that, that good Stole old Winchester pickpocket technique. I love yeah. it. Uh, and then like goes to go into the storeroom and finds two other dudes already in there, which is, which is really funny to me. Yeah. Um, He's like, Oh, is this, uh, is this not the bathroom? My bad. <laughs> and then just leaves. Don't those guys know you need a key to get in there? Like, well, shouldn't they be asking questions? I don't know. When he comes, seems a little suspicious, but when he comes back to the, the auction, he sits down and tells Sam like plan C, you know, d- didn't work. And, uh, Crowley says, what, what, what is plan? Why don't you try plan D for dumbass, which is a real dumb burn. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't control the birds at this one. They're letting them off left and right. I think it's around here that they bid the uh, uh, the for the they auction off the hammer of Thor, uh, and the guy from the cold open shows up and he's like, "This is the a, the, a bone from the frost giant Namir and five eighths of a virgin." Like, is that enough to right. get the hammer? And like, it totally is, which is really funny to me. Yeah. So he wins. He wins Thor's hammer, and then. Um, the tablet comes up, right? Yep. And Alfie, the angel from Bugs, and Crowley start like bidding back and forth, trying to one up each other with really ridiculous things, culminating in what I think is um, Crowley betting the or bidding the moon. And everybody looks at him like, "What? What? You own the moon?" And he's like, "You think a guy named Buzz gets to walk on the moon without making a deal with the devil?" <laughs> I like this too because it's a very it's a fun thing to say that you own but you can't really do anything with it. It'd be like if I owned a boat. Right. Like I I just I'm just not the right. kind of dude that needs a boat. It would just sit in my yard all the time. Like I don't sure. I don't want to go to the water. Why do I have a boat? Sure. <laughs> um yeah. I, I, there's also uh, I think Alfie 
Trump puts up the Vatican City, which is great. Like, let's just turn that over to a different yeah. god. Um, eventually, they say, like, okay, this, you know, it hasn't met our minimum bids, so we're going to add an item to the auction. And they uh, snap their fingers, and Kevin teleports from his seat in the audience to uh, being in chains next to the tablet. So now that the tablet Rude. can be translated, it's worth quite a bit more. Right, right. Um, bids are, are going off all over the place, but it's Kevin's mother's bid that really catches everybody's attention because she bids the only thing of value that she really has to these people and that's her soul i love dean he leans over and he goes are you sure this is a big move (laughs) 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 what a great dean line of like hey man like it's i mean you can do it i'm not going to stop you from doing it but whoa come on it's a this is a lot to consider big shit you cool with this? All right. I mean, if you say so. Uh, Crowley says he can get tons of souls, and uh, but the but Plutius says like, no, no, it's not. It's about the sacrifice. She's giving up everything. You're not giving up anything. And, yeah, uh, it's the sacrifice that makes the soul worthwhile. And Crowley says, "Well, you can. I'll put up my soul." And Plutus starts laughing. He's like, "Crowley, you you don't have a soul, dog. You're yeah, way past yeah, that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you trying to fool?" <laughs> so the deal is done. Uh, Plutius is going to get Linda's soul. Uh, as we cut till after the auction and she's sitting there with Sam and Dean kind of asking some questions like, will it hurt? Uh, will I die? And they're trying to let her off easy while also being honest. Like, yeah, we're probably hurt real bad. And no, you probably won't die, but you, you know, probably wish you had. You'll wish you did. Yeah, I think Sam says you won't die, but you'll wish that you did or something. Yeah. Um, really feeling for Linda right now. Like she's doing a really great job of making me like pity her a lot of like, Oh wow, this was, this is a noble sacrifice for your son. This is nice. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is like, it is her son and she doesn't even have to think about it. It's just like, okay, well this sucks, but yeah. Okay. Uh, she asked for just a little time alone. And uh, as, as Sam and Dean leave, she's confronted by Alfie who says, Hey, I think you should tell Kevin to come with us because Sam and Dean are just, they're, they're, they're great men, but they're just men. And I think the angels can be, would be, would be better at protecting him than the Winchesters. And she basically says like, nah, bro, y'all did a real poor job the last time it happened. Like I'm trusting yeah. the Winchesters <laughs> carry your ass. She says it a lot more and, politely uh, than that though. She doesn't tell an angel is, of the Lord to carry his ass. It's nice that we get even amidst all of the, um, just the poor attitudes of Sam and Dean in this episode, I guess. And I, by that, I mean like they're just being really ruthless and killing a lot of people, but she still gets one of those great outsider perspectives on the boys and says like, no, I would rather have Sam and Dean, uh, these two humans, like you say, these two regular people, I'd rather have them watch over my son than have these angels. Um, I don't know if season eight Winchesters have really earned her respect at this point, but like, definitely like if you look at like the whole picture, they definitely, they, they would have. Yeah, it's uh, man, I, I I have a hard time with this because like if you told me that yes, I can take Kevin to heaven and he's just going to chill in heaven with us, like that's seems like a pretty dope place to put the prophet of the Lord. Like, sure, yeah, dope. that seems like. But if you can't do that, like if you have to protect him on Earth, then I'm not not near as interested in in your bullshit. Um, however, just as she's about to sign over her soul. They notice that her tattoo on her forearm that they got, their anti-possession tattoo, uh, has been burned off. Yep. Uh, and they quickly discern that Crowley has possessed her. So he is just sort of taking control of this deal from the inside. Yeah, and uh, this is 
this is kind of spooky. He doesn't have all of his powers, but he has some of it. He has enough to like throw Sam and Dean across the room. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 vase. It's very quickly re- uh, um, revealed that the only way that he would be able to do this is if he had inside help. And Pluteus's right hand yeah. man, Bo, is the one that did it for an island. Yeah, Willy Wonka <laughs> has like helped him. Willy yeah, Wonka finally got his far. factory, everybody. Yeah. This is how it starts. Um, yeah. So, Bo kills Pluteus, and then uh, Crowley in Linda, like, grabs the, 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 the wooden stake or whatever they use to kill Pluteus and kills, like, some of Pluteus's men with it. Uh, grabs the tablet and goes to leave, or no, goes to grab Kevin, but Sam and Dean get in front of her to, to, to stop her from grabbing Kevin. Can you explain this to me? Because I'm pretty sure Sam tackles linda crowley here but then like just gets up just gets back up on his feet it doesn't like pin her down or anything he just tackles crowley inside linda's body and then just is like okay don't 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 move don't everybody, run oh everybody shit. reset yeah. <laughs> but he just i don't maybe i was like looking down like taking a note at the time but it looked like he just tackled her and then instead of getting kicked off he just knocked her down and was like okay i'm gonna get back up on my feet like don't run away or use demon magic now. And like, oh shit! Yeah, I don't <laughs> run away or use demon magic. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what could have been. I don't, I don't know. I don't. It I don't just remember. Seems if he like he very him. awkwardly just, gets back up off of Crowley <laughs> in Linda's body, and then it's like, okay. Oh no! Wait, that wasn't. You can't run away. Oh, wait, wait! I forgot who I was tackling. My bad. My bad. My bad. Can we do? Can yeah. I get it a do over? Um, Crowley takes off. Dean chases her. Uh, at this point, Bo brings out a gun, <laughs> which just seems kind of ridiculous. Okay, and, and whatever, and he just starts wildly shooting at, at, at everybody around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam hides behind a table with the old guy who bought Thor's hammer, and uh, Kevin makes a break for it to chase Dean and his mom. And uh, Bo catches him at, at gunpoint and says, "I'm, you know, I'm gonna kill you. Like, you know, it's better than one island, two islands. If I can capture you, bring it to Crowley." Um, mm-hmm. And it's at this point that Sam sneaks up behind him and hits the student in the head with Thammer's whore. Thammer's whore. Thammer's Christ! Holy wow. smokes, Jerry! That's a, that's a word. That's a that's a combination of a words that I just said out loud. Wow! Thammer's whore. Thammer's whore. Uh, he just right up. He takes Mjolnir. Uh, Thammer's whore. Thammer's whore. And just, as we like to call it. Dents this guy's head in. It's uh, it's, uh, there's a little bit of a, a a flash of lightning when he does it. It's very very exciting. It's uh, it's very bloody. Like it's it, it splashes, and I love I love the blue magic coming out, the blue lightning coming out. Yeah, it looks really cool. And then right after this, the old dude is like, "Give me, give it back to me now." Like he got, I need it back. I want it back. And Sam's like, "Okay." And then he stops, and he's like, "Where'd you get that five eighths of a virgin?" And the dude, the little dude, is just like, "It's a living." Like, we'll give me we'll give me one of those. <laughs> Yep, you know what I'm saying. Like the oh, Ur- shit. giving you the Urkel smile for, for Jesus Christ. Did I do that? <laughs> and so, fucking Sam Winchester just smashes the shit out of him with this thing, and like they show him like, and his clothes are still like fall into a little pile, like he has been dissipated by this energy. Like he's yeah. just he doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> we don't even remember uh, him. You better believe that I was fucking jazzed up watching Sam kill some bad guys with Thor's hammer. Um and you know okay i gotta say i'm glad that they didn't take thor's hammer um 
because it's probably more trouble than it's worth and it would just sort of uh be too much of a of a like a plot band-aid for every situation like just hit it with thor's hammer it'll probably die so in the, in that regard like they don't need that in their arsenal it's a little bit too much but at the same time i just want to know why sam wouldn't take it <laughs> yeah this is uh I, I i i remember thinking this the first time i watched it of being like you guys like dean has his weird purgatory weapon he has his weird like dumb axe um, mm-hmm. why don't you get the hammer? <laughs> that's a pretty cool thing. Like, if you can wield the hammer, by all rights, it should be yours. Like, I think that's the way this shit works. Yeah. Uh, but he Kinda does how it. how it goes. And it was he just leaves fucking it sick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, even if it just, like, broke, if they just showed him, bash this dude in and it broke, and he's like, oh, well, hmm. They make a little joke about it. It doesn't matter. Uh, either way, he just puts it down and moves on with his life. I would have, you know what, if they could have worked in, and maybe they had it written, but they just couldn't put it in for time, but, like, if they had actually broken the, 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 I almost said it again, if they had almost broken the hammer, I think that would have been even better, like, a better ending for all of this. I like that. I like that idea a lot of Sam and Dean Winchester breaking Thammer's whore. Um... <laughs> Meanwhile, Dean has caught up with Crowley and is uh, basically just about to stab her with the stab him with the knife uh, when Kevin runs up and distracts him just long enough for Crowley to uh, to to smoke out. Except Crowley doesn't do the black smoke; he's like a red smoke dude because he is so powerful. Yeah, yeah. have we seen? He's a big boy. Have we seen? Because we when he flashed his eyes and in, in Linda's body for the first time uh, just a few minutes ago, he had red eyes instead of the black demon mm-hmm. eyes. Have we seen that before? I feel like I knew that. I think so, but I don't because crossroad demons have red eyes, yeah, um, rather than black ones. But uh, yeah, I don't know if we've seen Crowley with it. We must have at some point, but we've never seen him like ghost out before no. because he's always been in that same body. And uh, and he goes out to the next room where he stashed the body. Everything that we know about how demon how vessels work just tells me that 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 vessel would be just running away immediately like just running as fast as he can to get the fuck out of there but nope he's still there so uh out walks crowley and uh he's 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 got some supernatural powers with him again right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know is is crowley's vessel just the real crowley or am i mistaking that with something else no it's not okay because they they've they've messed around with um his bones and his all that bones shit and right stuff there. like that, yeah. And, and we're gonna find out a lot more about like the history of, of Crowley and stuff. So like we're we're gonna find out what, where some of that is from eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. Crowley, having just been in uh, that in Linda's head, now knows that the tablet will seal the um, doors to hell. Ah, uh, yes. And and he also knows who Kevin's real dad is, and he makes a kind of a shitty joke about that. <laughs> so good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he tells Kevin. The, the most interesting thing here is he tells Kevin to run away from the, the Winchesters because they have a habit of using people up and watching them die bloody. Watching them die bloody is an expression that has been used by several different characters, and I don't... It seems weird. Saying die bloody feels like a weird sentence structure, but what the hell do I know? Um, and I only notice it because they've said it so many times in this show. Uh, but here we are, saying it again. It feels like a like a little bit of a flavor that the writers were flow, throwing in for, mm-hmm. like kind of hunter flavor, right? To you know, right. die and bloody as versus you know, dying in your sleep in your bed surrounded by your loving family. 
Mm-hmm. Though you're, mm-hmm. you're you're dying bloody, like so you, you were in a, a violent a violent end. See, but, dying bloody sounds normal, but die bloody sounds a little may, weird. Yeah, and maybe, I bet maybe it's not weird. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that could be the difference. Um, I feel like I it, think I, grammatically it's correct, but it feels a little off. I feel like it's a little weird that everybody says it that's not hunters. Like I feel it's weird that Crowley yeah. says it though, and I feel like it's just that something that's like kind of in the the lingo of the show now. So that everybody mm-hmm. just says it with no concern of it. Also, like how Dean uses gank all the time. When I, you only ever seem to hear gank in terms of PvP and like video games. Yeah, I, I remember thinking that too. Of like, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing gank before uh, Supernatural or video games. Like that was the two places that I knew right. that word from. Uh, so Crowley just leaves after this. After giving this warning, um, we we cut to black when we come back. Linda is just sat in the in the seat. She won't speak. Uh, she won't kind of acknowledge anybody's presence. Kevin She's is a little messed up about what happened. As you might, it, like the King of Hell, like took your took over your body for a little while. Uh, you're gonna be a little fucked up about it. Kevin is is understandably upset. And when when Dean says something to the extent of like you know in this life, kid, da da da, he sh- he shuts him down and says, "Hey, I don't want any more of your speeches. Like I just I just want some time alone with my mom." Yeah, also you tried to kill my mom a second ago. <laughs> yeah, and uh, let, let's talk about that because, you know, or we'll, we'll wait till we get to the very end. Let's just get to this little bit of plot first. Um, but yeah, they um, they go outside and very quickly realize like, oh shit, we don't hear anything back there and go back in to find Kevin and his mom have, have left. And uh, Kevin has left a note that says, you know, you don't need me anymore since Crowley has the tablet. You don't need me to translate it. Therefore, I'm leaving and taking my mom, and I know when you don't need people, they end up dead. Uh, yeah, which is a fucking line, man. Like that's a that's a brutal own <laughs> from young Kev. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Dean has been owned and reported. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting the line that he says before they go back in there. When Sam was like, "We really gonna do that?" and he was like, "Yeah, I should have." slit her throat when Crowley was inside of her. Uh, it would have sucked, and I would have hated myself, but what's one more nightmare? Would you put it like that, Dean? You know? <laughs> I guess. It's 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 bad, is what it is. Uh, and yeah. and this is the thing, the idea, there's a, there a moment earlier that we kind of skipped over where, uh, after Linda sells her soul, after the deal is made, uh, Dean tells Sam, like, I think we actually got off pretty cheap. Like, one soul for the, to, yeah. shut, to shutting yeah. off the, the, the the gates to hell like that's i think we did good here um and it's fine or it's it's weird how how much he's fine with where old dean would never ever have been no. okay with any of this no especially when they were fighting to like save dean's soul from the hellhounds and all those people that they tried to save who had made deals and their time was running out like to to imagine dean now just being like fuck it yeah one who cares about a person's soul like he should know firsthand what it does to a human soul and he should say like no no matter what we're not going to do that that's i feel like what old dean would do yeah it's what old sam would do i know that much um but now it's sort of like uh, it's just for the greater good yeah and i I can't decide if i like this or not um and it for i don't think i like this this kind of aspect of dean's post-perg personality Mm -hmm. uh just because it's it it feels shitty like it feel, it doesn't feel heroic anymore it feels like yeah I've got to get this job done um right. which is there's something there's something about appealing about that as well of just like okay well you have to get the job done and it's it is a violent and bloody job so you can't be a hero while you're doing it all the time right but it it feels real bad when you have him going like yep 
have no problems with her selling her soul. Like, that seems like a good deal to me. Like, just mm-hmm. what? Really, Ben? Seriously? And I think all of this is sort of pitched as being very fine and just being like the perspective that is okay. Because, you know, I said it before that the, the show has, in my eyes, shifted from the Winchesters to Dean. Um, he is our, our window in. So whatever Dean says goes, that's our point of, of relation. And it's, I wonder if we're supposed to just be like, yeah, I mean, if Dean thinks it's a good idea or Dean thinks it's okay, is that our new window into, to the show just saying like, yeah, we're okay with this as, as fans of the Winchesters, I guess, or maybe that's just me putting it that way. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'd go with you on that. Um, I guess the the final thing to talk about is uh, I'm, I'm just there's something weird going on with Dean Winchester, Chris. I just want to find out what it He's is. A wacky guy. It was uh it was really hard for me not to watch the next episode, and I, I'm just not I, I can't make myself watch these episodes two or three times in a, in a row. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing that happens when when Dean reads the note from Kevin, and uh, immediately Sam tries to kind of assuage it, say Dean, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. You know, it's not like that. Uh, Dean has a memory back to purgatory. Just a real brief clip of. Castiel like reaching for him and and begging for him to to, to help him, and then it just cuts to black. So mm-hmm. kind of implying that Castiel may have that he may have let Castiel die in some way. Yeah, he left him behind in purgatory. We don't really know what happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't have the context of the scene, but yeah, uh, looking pretty grim. It is looking pretty grim. I uh, I wish. I wish we already knew what's happening. <laughs> That's what, sometimes yeah, mysteries yeah. are so frustrating and it's, it's, I'm in a weird spot because I've definitely watched these before, but like, I don't want to look at the Wikipedia page. So I'm like kind of ruin. Right. So I don't know. I don't know Castiel where I'm at. is out. Benny is my new best friend now. Yeah, absolutely. What Dean is saying. Uh, why don't you give us your wrap up thoughts on this episode, Chris? Um, I overall think it's good. Uh, I think I, I question a lot of, of Dean's attitudes in this, and I don't necessarily think that they're all un, unwarranted or anything, but I think, and I must have said this last episode. We recorded that a couple weeks ago, so it's hard to remember. Uh, I do worry about the shift in perspective, like I said. I, I worry that we are supposed to only accept what, what Dean says and does, because the show has leaned more and more into only showing us that uh, what Dean is going through is what is the important arc for the show, and, and what he says is is sort of the truth, even when that's not necessarily the case. Um Right, this episode was was cool with Sam. He didn't do anything bad, but like obviously letting Kevin down uh, in the premiere was pretty shitty. But I'm still worried about how they're going to shape these relationships going forward. I guess I got to say, uh, th- th- this episode is pretty weird overall. Y- you mentioned Sam not mm-hmm. doing anything bad. Do you think Sam's calling that girl and checking up? Do you think he's like sending dog food home for that dog? Or? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. Like, it's, it's just so weird. I was thinking about this today because uh, the episode came out, uh, last week's episode came out on the early feed today. So people in, were in the Discord chatting about it and talking about kind of Dean coming back from purgatory, his attitude, whether or not it was whether or not he was justified in getting so angry at Sam having left the life, whether or not Sam was justified in, in, in leaving the life altogether. It's uh, it's something that's really interesting to me, it, and it's I don't I don't really know how to get to where I'm talking about. It's it's it's, it's Sam. It feels like Sam can't do anything without like hurting somebody in his life. Like no matter right. what he does, like if, if he's going to leave the life, it's going to hurt his brother. He's going to go 
you know, he's going to go back to the old life. He's going to hurt his brother. Like it's, it's just like the, he can't do anything right. And I feel really right. frustrated with that with Sam sometimes because some of that is Sam and some of that is the writers. And that's right. I, I just, sometimes I just want that dude to like do a good thing just without thinking about it too much. I don't um, know if I said it on the feedback episode, if I said it in the discord where if, when Dean screws something up, it is, um, he, he justifies it. Cause that's how he is as a character. Mm-hmm. He justifies his own actions most of the time. Uh, when Sam screws something up, he is vilified for it by his brother or by the people around him, and he himself feels guilt over it, and he apologizes for it and tries to make up for it, and that therefore we see him as the fuck-up, because he's the one who acknowledges his fuck-ups. Sure. He, he turns them into mistakes himself, where Dean justifies his mistakes to be decisions, um, and not just, like, you know, again, mistakes. And I think that that is sort of how we we see Sam. Like, no matter what he does, if Dean's not making him feel bad about it, he'll probably make himself feel bad about it, for the most part. Uh, and so it's hard to not just see him as the one who does everything wrong, even when he doesn't, and even when they're both screwing up. It's easy, I think, to pin it on Sam. Yeah. Um, but d- totally agreed. A- absolutely. The Dean Winchester's uh, got that got that John Itis disease where he he right. just he could just justify doing anything by it's going to save somebody somewhere maybe and and that's, again that's very I, I'm much a fine John Winchester with, thing I'm fine with that I'm fine with both things actually but I just yeah. want the show to be aware of them and it seems like they don't like my again again and again my concern is the the pitch of the show the being through Dean's vision only now so like Sam just comes out looking bad all the time yeah Dean doesn't like Sam that much. And I don't want to just be harping on this whole Sam shit this whole time. This isn't season four again. You know, obviously the dude does some fucked up shit. Um, but I just, I just want him to have a fair shot. <laughs> I, uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent. This, this episode in general is, is very weird. The turn that it takes in the middle. And I know that they advertised some of this before it came out, but I, I don't, I don't think I was watching like, commercials for supernatural like i think i would just download the episode and watch it without really any kind of forethought um Mm -hmm. but just the turn that this thing takes where we're in a pretty normal get the get the object thing and going through our normal like police procedural bullshit and then all of a sudden we have a bunch of like gods (laughs) and monsters buying stuff at a supernatural auction it's one of the most like head what 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 just happened and uh it happens pretty fast and i and i I really i really love it when supernatural does stuff like this when they open up the mythology quite a bit and you have these overlapping supernatural kind of creatures or deities or whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. it's it's always a lot of fun i I think back to the the one with all of the gods that was uh that had um uh what was the angel name raphael and it uh no not raphael gabriel say again Gabriel? Gabriel, thank you. Jesus. Um, I'm going to drop a marker and edit all that shit out. <laughs> so I can just sound <laughs> smart. <laughs> I think back to that uh, that episode where uh, Gabriel and like was gathered, and all of the other gods had gathered together to like deal with this apocalypse situation and, and how good that yeah. was, like how much I liked that. Also, I kinda, yeah, that episode really effectively made Lucifer seem like the biggest of the big bads. Yeah, absolutely. Like he comes in and, sl- and slaughters that whole thing, that whole group. And Crowley does something similar here without all of the death. Like he does kill Plutius and he kills like some of Plutius's dudes, but it's mm-hmm. it's not quite as bad. I just I just like it when Supernatural does this when they kind of lean into this world that they've created a little bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. Linda Kevin's mom is is a fantastic actress, and like all of her real funny stuff at the beginning is really really good, and I, and I dig it. Uh, 
yeah, I think that's that's it for my my thoughts on the show. I'd, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to getting more into season eight. I've I've enjoyed season seven a whole lot. So like going into season eight, I'm, I'm really digging it. Like I'm having a good time with Supernatural, Chris. I don't, yeah, I, don't know I, I feel like I'm being negative on season eight, but I think it's because there's just a lot of conflict to unpack in the show itself. It's not like it's bad and I don't like it. It's just that there's a lot to talk about. And I, I've been sort of like slowly formulating my thought process on, on the Sam and Dee dynamic in this season. And unfortunately the listener has probably had to hear me go off on it like three or four times. That's okay. That's what they're here for is to listen to us repeat ourselves. I mean, if not, why else would you would listen to anybody on a podcast? Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, all of you, for listening to us repeat ourselves week to week. We really appreciate it. Thank you to the people leaving iTunes reviews. We've gotten some good ones, and it's it's always very, very nice to hear. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week for go- giving a couple of bucks a month. They get access to early episodes. They get access to exclusive podcasts. We mentioned uh, we actually have two other podcasts that are, are in our Patreon now, Silver for Monsters and Don't Give Up Space Cowboy. And uh, both of those are really, really fantastic, and we have some really good plans for for both of those. Which your fans do not do not worry. You, we are we are still going to treat you right. Don't, don't we're just because we're all yeah, so, don't, oh, worry, don't worry. Just because we're spending a month in anime doesn't mean we're going to ignore all of you, Witcher people. But promise, uh, Chris, where are you at on Twitter nowadays? I am at local bones on Twitter. I'm at JG Greer. You can talk to the podcast at MOTWcast. You can find all of the episodes at MonsterTheWeek.cool, and we will see you next week with another episode. I think it picked up on the mic, but my stomach just growled real loud. <laughs> Do you think I should put like a tiger sound in there? Like a wow! Kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we got to call this episode Thammer's uh, Horror, right? I wrote down Thammer's Horror and I wrote down um, Go Get Your Goggles Grandpa. So whichever one yep, you think yep, is. Yep. <laughs> whichever one you think you, you want to call it, I'll, I'll, I'll go either way. Is this episode 74? No, this is episode 85. 85. 85. Holy smokes. How's it going? It's good. I just finished um, a really fun session of No Man's Sky with our our friend Patty Stardust. Whoa. Oh, you just texted me. I should probably turn the sound off on my phone. Oh, damn. Is that your big floating base? No, no. My base is the little tiny thing at the end of the long, long ramp. But oh, my base will be that big, <laughs> that big floating oh, rock <laughs> now that we have a bridge to it. <laughs> Who's the alien? Okay, Patty's the alien. Are you the invisible boy? Yeah, I'm the invisible boy. He's orange, so like obviously it's Patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He kept calling himself a fish man. Yeah, he looks like a fish man. I had a very harrowing experience. I pop into No Man's Sky, and it's floating around, and I keep seeing all these names of stars, and I'm like, what? Or planets, whatever. And I wanted to land on them, but you have no control, obviously. It's just, like, generating a, a random planet for you. I land on, t- on Toriyama Sands, and it's immediately 156 degrees Fahrenheit, and I don't know how to play the game. And Jess is sitting next to me, and she is going step-by-step step through every thought that she's having over the sims while she builds me a, what turned out to be a beautiful castle um mm-hmm. so i'm trying to listen to her and i'm trying to read what's going on 
in No Man's Sky, and then suddenly it's like, hey, your like heat protection, whatever it's called, is uh, fading fast. Yeah. You should probably fix that. And I was like, bro, I don't even know how to fix that. And then uh, some sentry robots came up, and they started shooting at me, and I killed one of them, and it called more of their friends, and they just dogged me all across the planet. I was yep. having a, a real rough time staying alive, so they killed me. Um, I came back quickly, like we're basically where I was, and started running around trying to get away from the sentries again. Because uh, it was basically the same scenario again. I'm 156 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm burning the F up. Uh, and that's when I started texting you. I found a cave, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I dropped down to like 65 degrees Fahrenheit, and I'm like feeling feeling nice and frosty. About to like sip on some cocoa and have myself an, uh, an evening, you know? But uh, I'm going through this, and I'm, I'm starting to read the menus and, and learn some things and figure out how to mine stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just learning the, the most basic of the basic. And I start to mine or, or like collect these um, phosphorus and flowers that I'm seeing everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I'm, I'm gathering materials and I think that I can use this to do whatever, you know. And I'm going along and then like a couple poisonous ones pop out and I kill those. And I'm like, sweet, this is awesome. And I'm getting further and further into this cave. And finally, I see like this big cluster of these poison spores and I take them all down and I'm gathering all the supplies from them and I'm like, all right, cool. I just like conquered this cave. Uh, and then I turned around and I realized that there was no more light because I had destroyed all the phosphorescent plants that had been lighting my way. <laughs> so I was in a bit of trouble. I didn't realize that there was a flashlight until after I texted you. So I was wandering around being like, Oh shit, how the fuck am I going to get out of here? I kept, um, using my jetpack and like trying to go up into the air and get a sense of the space. It was a nightmare. It was a true claustrophobic nightmare because it was, it was a dark cave and I couldn't see which way it was up. Uh, eventually I think by luck, I found my way to the surface and then seconds later discovered the flashlight. Um, from there I, I made my way to my ship and then I camped out at my ship and I thought, okay, I'm going to take a break for now. And I haven't played it since. <laughs> that sounds like But a, I will be playing it tonight. This does sound like the No Man's Sky experience because, yeah. boy, that's... Uh, I think that they... Pretty much everybody I've talked to starts out on a really hostile planet. And I think that they do mm-hmm. that on purpose to kind of train you how to, uh, like, for recharge your hazmat thing and recharge your shields and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, they want, they want you to be kind of harrowed at the beginning. Um, but it's once you start finding, like, cooler planets that are, you know aren't quite as hostile like it's, it starts getting a little bit more interesting cool the 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 gameplay loop is they like they've really really re- refined it because before the planets didn't look as good uh the animals didn't look as good and like there were nothing that was really hooking you into the gameplay but now uh like every time you scan something like if you pull your visor out and you start scanning animals and plants you immediately get money for it and then you can uh-huh. go and then in the discoveries tab you can go where you could like rename and upload that or just upload it if you don't feel like coming up with a name for stuff uh, and they give you nanites and you can use nanites to buy like, uh, upgrades for your ship or for your suit or for your gun. Well, um, well, well. Yeah. So like, like they've gotten like, so it's not just like mine some stuff, sell the stuff and then buy a bigger ship eventually. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing quite like that. So, um, it does seem like it could have a very satisfying loop, even just like finally getting enough, um, supplies or whatever it was that I needed to fix my scanner and then yeah. to, replenish my laser gun whatever the hell i was doing it was i could see where like the hooks would immediately start to sink in i'm a little frustrated right now because um so the weekend before the patch came out i don't know why but i was like i'm gonna play no man's sky i was kind of excited about the patch but i was like i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna gonna start a new save and see what they've done different and um 
And that save, like, almost immediately, you go through, like, a couple of steps of this quest, and they basically tell you, like, oh, hey, now you can build a base. So go, and and before, you had to, like, find a base that you could take over. Like, you couldn't just build it anywhere. You can build it anywhere mm-hmm. now, which is super dope. Um, so you would go do, you know, okay, this base is mine now. Well, put a, a construction specialist in here. And once you put a construction specialist, then you go fly to a space station, and then you, you know, recruit somebody to run your, your terminal for you. Okay, well, that guy's going to start giving you quests to go do other stuff so you can make a bigger base. And then eventually he gives you a quest to go like, oh, hey, you know what would be useful? Vehicles or a science guy yeah. or a farm guy. So you start like recruiting all of these dudes to live in your base and they all start giving you quests and start giving you. That's what I want. And they seem to have uh, <laughs> just between the last patch and this one, they seem to have hidden that like way deeper in the game now. Oh. Uh, so you can build like basic shit like you can build like wooden shacks and stuff right now. As soon as you want to, but I can't build. Uh, like I can't. I've got all the materials for it, but I can't build the the construction terminal to actually. Because that ramp that I just sent you the picture of, like I want, I'm going to mm-hmm. be driving cars up that bad boy. Like that is the goal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're going to be building some shit, and I'm excited for it. I didn't even know there were like other fellas in the game. I thought it was just a completely like solo alone experience, like no other NPCs or anything. Oh yeah. Have you not? You, you haven't gotten off the planet yet, have you? No, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you go to space stations, like you'll find um every system is inhabited by a different race. And uh as you as you kind of explore around to start off with, you won't be able to understand any of them. Like they all speak different languages. But as you kind of like as you talk to them and as you figure out stuff, like sometimes they'll teach you a word or you can find like little knowledge stones that will teach you a couple of words at a time. And so as you, wow. the more you play the game, like the more you understand. Which can be really be useful because then you start seeing like, oh, he's asking me to give him some silicate, and if I give him some silicate, he won't hurt me, <laughs> or he'll give me like something special. Like, and all of those races have like ranks that you can progress through, so <laughs> that you get access to other stuff. Like it's like they've they've expanded on this stuff quite a bit. Right on. Yeah, hey, I had no idea it was that robust. Oh man, it's. I mean, they've got and then they've got like a merchant exploration and um, some other guild that you can go through and do missions for those guys and rank up with that which is fun um, because that gives you access to like special upgrade materials and things. And you're going to want all the upgrade materials you can get. So, and then uh, is there there lore there? There actually, there actually is a little bit of lore in there. Like if you go, you can find out kind of like the, uh, I don't really want to spoil it and there's not really much to spoil, but like there's some, as you might imagine with these three races, there's some interactions that have happened over the years that have been both good and bad. So you you Mm -hmm. will learn about the history of the, of the universe. There's two or three quests. Uh, like one will take you to the center of the universe, so you can do that and you can kind of go through the center of the universe. I've heard at launch that that was kind of a bum deal. Like you would just come out and like nothing had changed in the game, but I right, haven't. Right. I, I've never done that myself. Um, there's one to find this dude, um, this Artemis person thing, and uh, that's that's the one that I think is going to teach me how to do all the stuff about the game and all the base building. So I'm trying to blaze through that one. And then there's the Atlas path, which is like finding these weird um, alien artifacts and space stations scattered across the galaxy. Sounds pretty spooky. Yeah. And then uh, I would, I, I flew into a system and uh, it came up on my little communicator that uh, like there was a freighter that was being attacked by hostile ships and they were requesting my help. So I was like, dope, I'm going to go, yeah, I can do that. So I will go, Yeah, I killed the hostile ships, and it was kind of a battle. Like, there were like five or six of them, and it was like kind of a, a hard thing to do. Killed the five or six ships, uh, 
And then the, the, the captain of the freighter was like, Hey, why don't you come on board? Like come have a drink basically. And I was like, sure, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's hang out. Let's go. Let's see what's up. So I go over there and it was a Gex, which are these like little squishy, uh, fish looking dudes. And he was like, Hey, I'm the captain of this freighter, but, uh, this kind of sucks. I don't really like this job. So why don't you be the captain of the freighter? So I got a freighter. <laughs> I was like, all right. So now I have this freighter that is just like a huge storage vessel and I can recruit a fleet of ships, uh, to go out and then go out on like, did you play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, by the way, real quick? Uh, no, I don't think so. They have a, so it's, there's like a little mini game where you, um, you recruit a ship and then you can send it out on a mission and you can give it like upgrades or whatever. Then they, they go out in like real time. We'll say, okay, we'll be back in like an hour and 29 minutes. And like, they'll come mm-hmm. back and be like, oh, we found you all these minerals or we charted this part of the galaxy. So now you can know if there's something over here that you want to go see. Oh, or, like there's all kinds of hooks in this game, man. I'm I'm so fucking excited about it. I legit like when you describe it as Minecraft in space. That's like all I was picturing is just like get more stuff to craft more stuff, and that's it. Yeah. And that's like in I Minecraft, went- there's nobody around. It's just you. Like there are villagers and stuff, but they just like wink at you and don't like do anything. That's almost even creepier. <laughs> yeah, they are very unsettling in some ways. Sometimes they can turn into zombies. It actually, is quite a kind of frightening, but. It's interesting that my, like, immediate experience with No Man's Sky was almost as if it was, like, a full-on survival horror game, because, like, everything was trying to kill me right away. And then I ended up in literally in a dark cave. And you can get into a bind, man. Like, you can get into a planet that, you know, you're just sitting... I've been in in situations before, mostly with launch, but, like, I didn't have whatever material I needed to recharge my shield, uh, and getting out of my ship would basically be instant death so like i just mm-hmm. had to sit in my ship and watch as like this huge radioactive sandstorm pass through <laughs> i'm just sitting yeah. there like just chilling i don't have any fuel so i could just just have to wait um i've seen some kickback on on twitter there's some uh there, there's some there's some negative feedback i think people like see the hype around the game from the people that really enjoyed the core basic loop and uh, kind of try to get back into it and not realizing it's just straight up a crafting game. Like you were always going to be crafting oh, yeah. for something. So, right. But, oh well. Speaking of crafting, mm-hmm. I got to listen to that um, Stardew Valley thing you, you sent me. Yeah. So is it just them talking about the making of like the music and everything? It's not even them talking. Uh, it's, it's set up so like it's, uh, it's, it's 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 kind of a weird format where the guy like has a pre-scripted thing that he reads and then he like asks a question and then that picks up the audio from the Stardew guy like talking but it's not like an actual oh, okay. interview. I think he probably conducted an interview but has just edited this this scripted thing around it. Uh but yeah, it's it's basically like, you know, sound effects, music. Uh I didn't realize that he created all of that by himself. That's that's insanity. Yeah, yeah he made everything in that game alone. What is most interesting to me is to hear about the sound effects because those are like the most satisfying sounds and i would love to hear the philosophy behind that's like how that stuff gets made because i know that there's that kind of thing in a lot of different games but started yelling man it just scratches an itch there's not a lot in that podcast and i need to i need to go ahead and like put that podcast in the show notes so that we can so people know what it is um there's not a lot about the sound effects it's mostly about the music uh but like there's definitely some stuff like i was sitting in my parents yard like with a microphone recording rocks falling to try to get that like perfect <laughs> like x sound and uh and apparently he's not like classically trained at all right like he's not like a musician he was like yeah right. i just i just click on stuck i don't i don't use 
a MIDI controller. <laughs> like I just click on stuff and make it sound, you know, the way that I want it to sound. And I'm like, dude, you're killing me right now. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not have, have you not been trained to do this? Right. It's dude is a savant. He is so good at like everything in that game. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. And it's, Oh my God. Stardew Valley is so good. That's what I was trying to sell you on no man's guide uh, by saying mm-hmm. it was kind of like Stardew Valley now, because you'll eventually get like refiners that turn one metal into a different kind of metal. And, there's there's some some hints that you can build like base size refineries that would do like oh, even damn. bigger versions of that. So I'm just excited for when they add space girlfriends in. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can, you, <laughs> there's four player co op, so you could have you know a little space poly party if you wanted to. Oh, okay. Did you uh did you have a good weekend? Yeah. Uh yeah, I did. It was. Do anything special? Trying to, trying to think. Of, we just had sushi again. <laughs> They they really get into know you over there, huh? Yeah, uh, we went with my parents this time, or we went, and then my parents showed up. I should say, um, so they paid for it, which was pretty Dope. rad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we tend to spend a lot of money when we go there. We uh, what did we do Saturday? We tried the Korean barbecue place again on Saturday, and um, but we didn't get the actual like at the table Korean barbecue thing. We mm-hmm. um. But like they had, they have a bunch of like just normal Chinese food dishes. So like Autumn had some garlic shrimp, and I had some uh, uh, some beef and peppers, <laughs> peppers and uh, the peppers Ooh. and beef with no beef. Uh, no, there was plenty of beef, but the food wasn't like particularly great. We oh. like me and Autumn kind of walked away from it, kind of not really digging it. So that's kind of a bummer. And this is the first time you've been to this place. This is the third time. The first two times what? we did, we did the. Uh, uh, I th- thought I had told you this, this. I'm sorry. Like they open up this new place and it's a, it's a Korean barbecue place where they bring like a little grill to the table and they'll come out and like grill mm-hmm. everything with like a thousand side dishes with all kinds of vegetables and coleslaw and all kinds of stuff uh, at the table. And it was, it's, it was a lot of fun. And the, and the meat is like everything that, that we've had has been very, very good up until we just started ordering like normal Chinese food dishes. And we're like, Oh, well this is not as good as I want it to be. Yeah. So. You gotta stick to that grilled at the table whatever it is yeah hell yeah and it's fun like they they, they're like yeah we can't they've got all these like real puffy lights like these like uh drop lights that are shrouded like to look like giant bulbs and it had this real like a bunch of tables underneath and like yeah we learned pretty quick that we can't put grills under there because it messes with those (laughs) those shades so uh we only let people that if you're gonna have curry barbecue you have to sit in these boots over here and we're like oh okay Uh, cool that makes sense yeah and then we had some sushi yesterday, so I was pretty yeah. excited about it. Is that when you had your Sunday night party? I'm yawning. This is not a good sign. <laughs> I've been really tired all day. I always, it's not, I think Mondays lately, especially. I've been going into work earlier in general, but I still, on Sunday nights, stay up way too late. On yeah. Monday mornings, I'm just fucked. Yeah, we started watching uh, two new shows this weekend, and we were just kind of like we came home from sushi, and we're like, I mean, we've got a couple of beers in the fridge. You just want to, yeah, you want to keep, you want to like hang out, and watch this, this show. We watched um, the first three episodes of Castle Rock. Oh yeah, which is uh, extremely cool. Just a little bit too Sweet. much focus on on Shawshank, but uh, if this had come out in like the heyday of my Stephen King fandom. Which I didn't mm-hmm. even know I called it like you would call it a fandom back yeah, then. It was yeah. <laughs> I just liked this one author. Um, like if this had come out, I would have been geeking out all over it because I used to have all of the stuff memorized and could like you know yep. read like I, like 
Alan Pangborn shows up and I was like, I know that's a dude. And like automatically looked it up. I was like, Oh yeah, that's the dude from blah, 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 blah. Like there's a bunch mm-hmm. of, they, um, like there's just all kinds of small nods to like songs playing cars, um, a bullet hole in the, in the wall from where the pre- previous warden shot himself, like all Damn. that stuff. Uh, so it's, but it's good. It's, it's actually like genuinely creepy. There were a couple of times where I was, I'm not necessarily going to say scared, but I was like very, very tense about what was happening. That's cool. We just watched a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine. We finished Brooklyn Nine Nine, so we we have no more Brooklyn Nine Nine to oh. watch. And then um, it was yesterday morning. Jess suddenly said to me, "You have to watch Supernatural, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And she got really mad at me, and then she Why? went back to sleep. So I watched. She did not want to watch it. She always tells me to watch it before she comes over, and I always forget to. <laughs> She doesn't like Supernatural anymore? What happened? She's, I think she's just a little sick of it at this point. Well, I mean, it's been, you know, 80-something episodes, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're at, um... I was looking at the wiki today, and we're at, like, episode 151 with this one. Damn. Um, we're, like, halfway through. Yeah, so we're... we're I think we've... I think we've just... Be, we just crested 50%. Let me see. I can go God find damn. that out. And we've been doing this podcast for so long. Did we start in 2016? Uh, barely. Like at the, we released the first episode like December of 2016. That's right. That's right. Let's see. Season 13, um, episode 23 is episode 287. So yeah, we actually did... I don't know when we would have been, we would have crossed it, but yeah. There will be at least 300 this season, right? That's their, their big thing. Yeah, yeah, they've already announced the, because uh, they do big episodes on the hundreds, so they did like a big meta episode for 100 and then 200, and they're going to do What's one the 300. 200 one? Is that the musical? I think it is, yeah. Did you send me a clip of that yesterday? I did, <laughs> absolutely. I really love that episode. I've seen it like several times. Yeah, we we, ought, uh, we we were talking about it in the Discord, like some. Uh, and we were just talking about like episodes in the Discord, and like I'd forgotten that that existed. In fact, we were talking about like I think the the plot of number three hundred that they kind of leaked at Comic Con. Um, but yeah, they yeah just, we were talking about. It, so I was like, I gotta watch this, and then uh, so I put it on like the Chrome on the YouTube thing on the TV, and Autumn like walked by, and she's like wearing a towel because she's about to go in the sh- get in the shower and she's like i, I just no i want to i want to watch this <laughs> so she, <laughs> so i had to like wait until she got back so we could finish watching it the best scene of that entire episode is i don't remember what's happening but the play is is like going on and dean like spots something behind sam so he starts like pointing yep past him and sam just like hits him with the thumbs up like he's like yeah they're doing a great job yeah they're he's great like, no that's not what i'm referring sam, to <laughs> sam when has when has dean ever made that that gesture at you that you would think that it's my favorite part of that episode it's just so dorky it's in the little clip that i sent you too because they the clip is just the musical part so like it's got all that stuff mm-hmm. spliced and it's it's really really good <sighs> oh good now Should i'm yawning too yep i yeah, infected you yeah, you 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 have you have. I'm hungry. I'm sleepy, and I'm just farting and suffocating in it right now. And it's about 500 degrees, and I'm making it worse with my own body. What uh? Why didn't you Let's eat? Give it to you. Real. What's what, up? Why didn't you eat? Um, I was going to. I texted you, and then I was I was gonna eat, and then I just started cleaning 
And then you texted me that you were ready, and I thought, oh, I guess I'll, I sh- should have eaten, but I didn't. <laughs> now here I am. Oh, wow. I didn't need to clean, but I just started doing it. Yeah, sometimes you just get the bug. Man, look at this um, weird system that my buddy found in No Man's Sky. I've never seen one with the little weird glass balls like that. What? It looks dope. All I've seen is just like red burning sand. Yeah. Oh, let me close my tab on um, dangling prepositions. Uh, sorry, I was. I got. I got. I need to close these tabs. These these tabs are very distracting. Because <laughs> I'll just keep looking at super or not supernatural, no man's sky stuff. Yeah. Let's make sure that I'm recording. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. All right. Ready to do the thing? Does my voice sound like shit? I feel like my voice sounds like shit. It's fine. 